Bits and Bricks. Welcome to Bits and Bricks, a podcast about all things LEGO games. I'm Ethan Vincent. And I'm Brian Crescenti. Together, we look back at the rich 25-year history of LEGO games, chat with early developers and seasoned studios who have all tackled the creation of video games for one of the most popular and respected toy companies in the world, the LEGO Group. Well, Brian, this is it. Is it? Well, no, but it was going to be our last episode of Bits and Bricks. Right, but then we got some really great news, and that came thanks to a lot of really great support from listeners and fans of the show, both inside the LEGO group and among its legions Mm -hmm. of builders, creators, and players. That's right, and just last month, we got official word from the LEGO group that due to popular demand, Bits and Bricks is, uh, you know... To be continued? Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, You know, more about that later. But what that means is that in this episode, we're going to talk about some of our favorite bits, you know, Bits and Bricks uh, from season one, but also talk about where the show might be going, uh, you know, in the future. Most importantly, we're going to be doing that with just a few of the people who have worked so hard to make these episodes what they are. That's right. Joining us this week is Ronnie, Nanan, and Dave. We'll hear more about them later. But before we start, some stats from Stats Guy. Hi, I'm Ben Ungren. I'm usually the disclaimer dude, but uh, today I guess I'm also the Stats Guy. Okay, so uh, anyways, here are the stats. 120 interviews were conducted prior to the creation of the Bits and Bricks podcast. 80 interviews were conducted for the podcast. Weekends worked since winter of 2020. All of them. Every single one. 1.68 terabytes of storage for all the audio recordings and files. 1.1 million MP3 downloads to date. 86,000 YouTube views. And that's if you're into watching audio. Most common YouTube comment not related to the actual YouTube episode... When is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, going to come out? And yeah, we still don't know the answer. Number of really good episodes that were amazing but not released, two. Total number of words, 172,076. And that just includes the features and transcripts, not the summaries. Total Bits and Bricks podcast running time, 16 hours 37 minutes. Well, those were some fun stats to hear. I always enjoy like just hearing the vast amount of of things that the podcast has accomplished. And uh, that was really cool. Besides the fact that I love Ben Ungren's voice and uh, the humor he brings to the show. We have a great thing here going today, Brian, right? We've got a room full of participants right now um, yeah. who have helped us on the podcast and been a huge part of making sure this this gets out the door and happens. Uh, I'm going to just kind of roll call here and, and we'll go through and introduce everyone. Let's uh, start with Ronnie. Tell us what you do on the podcast and uh, yeah, a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Ronnie Shera. I'm the producer of Bits and Bricks Season 1, and uh, in my day job, I lead the LEGO Games Asia-Pacific and China team out of uh, Singapore. 
Yes, and that's so fun that you say your day job because it seems sometimes like Bits and Bricks is a day job and could be your full-time job sometimes too. His day job is working for the Lego group, but his, I guess what, midnight till three in the morning job is Bits and Bricks. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Ronnie, not only does he not sleep much, but of course you lead a whole team and help create Lego games, which is amazing. I think uh, during... Daylight savings, we had like a stretch of 15 time zones on the production teams uh, of Bits and Bricks. So, (laughs) yeah, it's been a pretty around-the-clock kind of project uh, as far as I'm concerned. Next up, uh, Nanan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Nanan, and I am the associate product lead at LEGO Games team, um, part of Ronnie's team, um, sitting in China, Shanghai. And I'm also very happy to be part of this um, podcast production. We are happy to, Nanan, because I don't think we could get it even submitted to the LEGO group without your help. So that's always really good that you're, yes. you're on board and helping us. Part of my service. And she helps quite a bit with the graphics. Yes. Anytime we need some help on that, she's, she's quick, very fast. Thanks. <laughs> Next up, we've got Dave. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your role. Hi, uh, I'm Dave Tack. I'm the new guy. Um, I just got here a few weeks ago to sort of help land season one as I I think I'm also a producer. I think that's what we decided. So I just do a bunch of stuff um, behind the scenes Yes, uh, to get the episodes up, to get the text up, all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I like that you have a new guy as a title. (laughs) That's very fun. Just, Just don't ever wear a red shirt. I just want to add that Dave has been an excellent Padawan, and he is uh, graduating as a Jedi. You know, this week he's going to take over uh, moving yes. forward. It's very exciting. I very much appreciate the Star Wars. I like that we made both the Star Wars and a Star Trek reference. <laughs> so we got all the the stars. Yes, the stars are aligned. Yes, yes. Well, that's our brief intro. Obviously, there's a there's a few other people involved that that aren't on the recording today. We've got Manuel Lindinger in Austria, who also does some of our graphic and helps with the YouTube. We've got Dan Carlisle, who does the uh, audio engineering. So after the episode's been kind of roughed in, he goes through and does his audio magic. And then we also have Peter Primer, uh, who's helped a lot on the engineering uh, and right at the beginning of the podcast as well as all the music, so the Bits and Bricks theme and all that stuff he composes. And he's got this cool setup. Uh, Brian, I don't know if I've told you that, but he's got like three or four or five different synthesizers in his house. And uh, he just jumps on those and creates the music. And it's it's pretty cool to see him do that. And I think it's in his office, not in his house. So that was a little misspoke. Yeah, and um, Patricia Pascal does the transcripts. That's right. If you have been reading those. Yeah, and uh, Ethan, don't forget the entire LEGO team that supported us as well, including Jakob Bredvi Larsen, Anders Wein, and Liam Stevenson that's helping us on the weekly releases. Alice Carter, Sarah Vint Christiansen, and Mark Hamill from Golin helping us with all the day-to-day communications and uh, with the with the media and the community. Uh, Sherlock Chow, who actually does the release of the podcast uh, into the cloud, uh, he took over from Anna Stanker Holm that you know helped us recently on recording as well on some episodes while he was on leave, and Giovanna Rosin, who is our internal communications person, who helps us on our intranet updates and things like that, and. 
Finally, but not least, our great friends at the LEGO Group Archives and the LEGO Idea House, uh, Tine Froberg Mortensen and Christian Reimer Hauge, that's sort of been instrumental in the early parts of the development of the podcast. Yeah, and I, I was about to say, uh, that's easy for you to say, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> this, those are some complex yeah. names. It's it's crazy how many people have been helping us with this. And we'll be adding an extensive credit list at the end. So uh, please listen to the very end and you'll get lots of names this time. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we, we started this process, this sort of uh, dive into the history of the Lego group and video games way back in 2019. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it started with Ronnie actually sending me a message on LinkedIn. Um, I, I had just left Variety uh, as the video games editor over there. And he reached out to see if I was interested in um, exploring the history of, of Lego video games. And at the time, I thought it was very ironic because I had been... To put it nicely, asking, but to put it bluntly, harassing Ronnie for years. <laughs> That's right. Uh, to try to get him to let me write a big feature about the history of Lego video games. And he kept saying, no, now's not the time. And so when he finally came to me, I was like, oh, man, really? Because I, I had to write back to him and say, I'm sorry, Ronnie, but I don't I don't have a place to publish a story anymore. So, Brian, did you get that uh, itch scratched? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Several times over. Yeah, but it's funny because like I I didn't realize, you know, that you want and you told me you wanted something internal. Um I, I look back at that now and I think about like obviously you can turn anything into a feature story. You know, it doesn't matter how big it is your you know, the topic you're writing about. But boy would it have I think not done it justice for me to write just a single feature about the twenty five year history of, of Lego video games. Yeah. And that's the one rabbit hole too that I found that we kind of went down here, Brian, is as we started listening to, you know, the the pre-interviews you were conducting and as we dove into some of the things we were unearthing, uh, both of us were saying, gosh, this doesn't, this isn't a quick article. This is not a, you know, little short film or a 20-minute tribute to mm -hmm. Lego games, but we've got we've got a book and a novel, right? Yeah. I mean, we spent about a year, I think, Essentially doing interviews, recording those interviews. Unfortunately, while recording those interviews, at the time we hadn't thought about a podcast. So I was taking notes dutifully uh, on my mechanical keyboard, which means it <laughs> sounded like uh, someone was jackhammering <laughs> yeah, <laughs> during the yeah, interviews. Yeah. Um, but all of that was saved and sent to the archives, uh, the Lego Group's archives for posterity, for history. And also, quite frankly, for research. So when those were transcribed and you just had these, you know, page full of insights and knowledge and conversations with game creators, former Lego employees, uh, you know, uh, partners, all kinds of people. Uh, super helpful to see that on black and white and kind of put things together and put dates together and timelines. I remember you creating this huge timeline, Brian. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> where it was just, it was just showing us like how everything got started and, yeah, it ended up looking kind of like the the cork board uh, on Beautiful Mind when you were done. Like I was, I was very amused by just how quickly it got out of hand. You know, I really actually wanted to uh, create, and I still want to create a sort of serial killer uh, cork board where it shows the connections between every game, like who worked on what, and create this massive tree. Um, but so far, yeah, what I, all I've really created was a really, really long yeah. timeline that has a lot of entries in it. You would make a great serial killer. I could see that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, a smiling serial killer. 
And we had that really nice long timeline converted into a snake-like timeline, Brian. I remember we had uh, one of your friends or former colleagues helping us out uh, making this uh, amazing graphic that sort of showed some of the highlights on the, of the games over the past 25 years. Yeah, the, uh, and that actually ran when we launched Bits and Bricks. We had, uh, fortunately, I think Ethan and I were delighted to discover that the Lego group was so behind the project that they actually put a, a page up on the website, the official website, dedicated to the podcast, which includes the transcripts, uh, features, summaries, the actual podcasts, and this wonderful timeline that was created. Yeah. And it's kind of remarkable. We are now on episode 19. This is episode 19. Um, and there were some internal episodes. There's all kinds of things we did to ramp up, including some episodes that never aired. Yeah. But it's really crazy to think about all the things that that took place before the actual first podcast aired. Um, quite a few things happened first, right, Ronnie? It did indeed. So when I think back on the summer when I first sort of got back in touch with uh, both of you, mm-hmm. we had no idea what we were doing. We were we knew that the 25th anniversary was coming up, yeah. but we had no idea if there was anything interesting to talk about. And that sort of kicked off that first research phase. And as that was developing, we you know started to think about you know all the wonderful stories that we were picking up in the interviews and what we could do with them. And Maybe, Brian, you remember what the initial ideas were that we had in mind? Yeah, I think they sort of boiled down to two bigger ideas. One was, uh, one from me and one from Ethan. I bet you you could guess whose idea was whose. Uh, There was one idea for a book, and there was another idea for a documentary. (laughs) That's right, yeah. And both were very ambitious and also really did want to lay out, I guess, the chronology and the details and the insights from the game, one visually, one in the written form. And that's kind of how we started. And we actually produced a really nice trailer that we will not be able to release to the public because it's so full of things that are inappropriate for public release. (laughs) But it was really cool. So, you know, some people that are listening may get the privilege to watch it at some point. Yeah. Actually, a little bit of the silver lining with COVID-19, you know, if we jump fast forward a little bit to, I believe it was May of 2020, so roughly half a year before the anniversary, we realized that we had all this great content and, you know, let's deep dive into it, sort of a live event, which which turned out to be sort of a podcast, but as a live event for Lego Mm -hmm. employees. Yep. And for me, at least, that that's what stands out as that's when we sort of thought, oh, hey, maybe we can turn this into something more produced rather than doing it as a live event. Maybe it can be like a, more like a podcast that's less stressful to perform uh, rather than, you know, doing it in front of a live audience, which I remember was a little bit, uh, you know, anxiety-provoking for me, at least. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine being in front of a live audience right now. Um, But uh, with Nanan and Dave here, I want to jump in and kind of talk a little bit about the creation and what it takes to to create a podcast. Um, Dave, what what has been your perception of kind of what's needed to to get a podcast off the ground and to be able to find that (laughs) balance? Yeah, tell me, so much. So much, yeah. I mean, what you hear on the end as a listener and, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, is the product of a ton of work. It, this is more, you know, Bits and Bricks is more than a podcast where people are just 
sitting around talking. It's the result of interviews. And then those interviews become the thing that everybody hears. But then there's also a written component, um, you know, from, from Brian. We have transcripts up so that you can read along with what you're listening to if you wanted to or, or search for, you know, information on the internet. Um, and my job, um, broadly speaking, is to figure out how all of that stuff works, make sure it's in working order, make sure it's correct, um, make sure it conforms to many of the Lego Group's guidelines, um, you know, and, and, and present it so that nobody else has to think about this ever. Right, you just get to listen to a podcast or read things. Exactly, like the experience should be. Uh, very mm-hmm. ambitious. We've got these documentary features that we kind of lean on. I don't know storytelling from the documentary world that were also very ambitious, right? So we'd have sometimes up to ten voices in a podcast, and we'd kind of have to interweave them narratively uh, and let them tell their stories. And so that was quite involved, uh, both from the editorial aspect as well as the research end and the recording end, right, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think another important point is while we're doing this, there are obviously, as we talked about, a lot of other people involved. We have to have images and everything has to go through checks. Uh, Nanan is very involved with with handing some of that stuff off. Nanan, I'm curious, how is it that you got, I was going to say roped into, but how is it that you were so lucky that you were able to help out with these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. um, Myself, I am a podcast listener and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but being being part of the production team and the producer and helping produce the actual content, it's it's far beyond my imagination. And first of all, as as you guys already talked about, we are doing a documentary podcast and this is far more... Um, deep and a lot of researchers and desk works than just sitting and chat or free chatting. And on the other hand, um, because our podcast, we are really uh, keen to put the best quality, only the best is good enough to our audiences and uh, players and Lego fans, the lovers. And so we have to make sure that all this goes through the good, the right channel and including our internal social channels and a bit of the marketing strategy and the PR stuff behind it. So all this have to be planned um, exactly, uh, synced well in terms of timing, um, yeah, quality and tone of voice, um, imagery, and, and it all coming to a, a package and we have to release on a weekly basis. And this is a really ambitious and a great effort. Nanan, I am, I'm curious. What is your first memory of Bits and Bricks? It's the logo. Is we <laughs> spent, yeah, we spent, I don't know, like more than 10 iterations on how, how we make this logo look good and um, represents the, um, the essence, the spirit of having physical and digital play experience and bend it into the Lego bricks. Um, and also we have to make sure it works on um, sizes and um, pixelations, colors, all correct. That was that was like, okay, we, uh, as, as myself, as a designer, and I, I couldn't imagine like how much effort and, and iterations we put on just creating the logo and an icon. 
Yeah, that took quite some time. And I remember working with Manuel Lindinger and you very specifically, right, Nanan, to, mm-hmm. to get it right. Because not only did we have a brick on there, which is always kind of nerve-wracking to represent, but we wanted to convey that digital idea that we're actually talking about Lego digital and digital play and those things. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say that uh, Melina Nieto was the graphic designer who created this timeline. And I know that Nanan, you worked very closely with her that was quite an undertaking. So this timeline, it obviously is, it, the timeline itself was an undertaking, but there had to be an icon created for each of the 20, I think, six games on there. And all of those had to go through checks. Nanan had to make sure you know that they looked good, but also that they comported to what the Lego group expected in terms of the different trademarks. And you know, there's Warner Brothers and there's TT Games. So that was, uh, I'm curious, Nanan, what was that like for you working with uh, Melina and and creating this timeline? Yeah, that has been, yeah, I have to put a lot of effort on doing the uh, desk research, on finding all the right, uh, the correct visuals and key artworks for all the titles. And um, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't do a really great job on documenting all this old stuff. I guess that's why we're doing this right now for the podcast. (laughs) So um, it's a bit shame to see um, we had all these great titles and all these great games, but it was um, almost impossible, difficult to find any internal archives. So uh, I have to rely a lot on Google and uh, Wikipedia and to dig for digging to the um, to the to the old assets, and thanks for all the fans um, contributing all the footage, and um, actually a lot of them ended up on eBay, <laughs> and all these covers are uh, still seems like uh, available or popular on eBay. So uh, that helped uh, helped me a lot on grabbing all these assets and putting that into the uh, into the timeline and working with the graphic designer, and of course, um, yeah. This, they, they were so many different iterations and um, yeah, we just have to make it all right. And this checking on details, trademarks, it went just like rounds of iterations. <laughs> hey, it's a really good point. I um, I remember in the very early stages of the project when we were thinking about why we were doing this, this whole idea of preserving Lego games in a in a more structured way. We we have this amazing internal archive uh, with the Lego Group archives and the Lego Idea House, where you can you know see anything that was produced since the the dawn of the company, basically. And when we got into the research phase of the project, it really dawned on me that we have been so bad at doing this for our digital heritage. And and this was just a you know the 25th anniversary was just a perfect excuse or opportunity to make up for that and and I think we're really really making strides to uh, to do that uh, to your point Nanan. And now for something completely different, a little listen back into the archives of the creation of bits and bricks and some of the things that went wrong. I am now recording. Uh oh. Do you hear that noise? Yeah, I do. Something like what that, the? right? Yeah, I don't. Oh, hold on a second. Let me go. I think that's my vacuum cleaner. I have a robot vacuum cleaner, and I think it's stuck on something. It's right above my office. That's hilarious. 
Yeah, uh, so Builder's Journey, oh my God, I'm not gonna keep saying yes, yes, so. So me, then you, and then Lund. Okay, here we go, yeah, you ready? Yeah. Ready. <clears throat> so, so I'm not gonna say so. Let's see how we react au naturel. So we asked him, so what, what do you think of the story in the game? And he was like, story? <laughs> I love that <Yeah>. quote. <laughs> me too, it's so story? great. <laughs> story? Damn it, I started chewing gum. I had to take the gum out of my mouth I just put in because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, and mm -hmm. then in 2019, uh, they're obviously developing the game, but then this failed start essentially cuts deep into that progress that they had they, they made. <laughs> that, that was terrible. <laughs> that ending was really funny. So, yeah, we, uh, we've done 19. Well, this will be 19 episodes of Bits and Bricks. And in most of those episodes, Ethan and I try to sort of wrap things up with our own our own thoughts about the the particular topic that we're dealing with. We never hear from anybody else. And also, I think, I, I can't speak for Ethan, but I bet you he feels the same way. I bet that, like myself, Ethan has a lot of opinions of sort of the bigger picture like things that we've, takeaways we've had. So I'll start with a, a single thought that I have. And that is, I have been so impressed that the Lego group has been so willing to be so forthright and so transparent with the good and the bad and the mistakes and the successes. Because I think you cannot get a, a full picture of something and you can't learn if you bury the mistakes. And I think the fact that the Lego group is so willing to discuss these things and make them public is not only admirable, but I think it's the right thing to do, and it's going to help everybody in the long run. So that's my insight. Can I add to that? Because it it really reminds me of my own motivation for getting involved in this and you know investing as much time in it as we have done. Which is, there is a quote actually, when, when we sort of thinking about what is the quote that we most appreciate about the whole season. And I think for me, it's less about the specific quotes and more about what did we learn and what are the sort of favorite moments. And I think for me, uh, one of my favorite moments was this sort of eureka moment when I recall back to my very early days just after I joined the Lego group, I went to the Lego Idea House that we just talked about at length. And one of the things that I was presented to was this quote from uh, Gottfried Kier Christiansen, the second generation owner of the Lego group. And he had on his 70th birthday this amazing quote that just stuck with me and was a big inspiration for the podcast, which is, when we know the past, we can better understand the present when we understand the present, we're better equipped to meet the future. And I just think it fits so well with what you just said, that we as a company are really, we have that spirit of we need to learn from our mistakes. We need to make mistakes to progress. Like if you don't cross the line, you won't know where the line is. So that kind of entrepreneurial attitude that is, is you know, all generations of the Lego owner family has shown and that we're talking about on the podcast more broadly as well. I think that is so true and such a big part of our culture. And uh, I'm super proud and happy that we're able to contribute to that in the 
sort of digital era. Yeah, and I think too what's really remarkable as we're kind of going through and talking about all the findings and all the insights we've gained personally from the podcast, for me it was not only the factual stuff that's packed in and learning about, hey, when did this idea start and when did this studio actually get started to create this game and and who was involved and how did that happen? But on top of that, there's this incredible first-person account with a voice behind it. For example, you know, Tom Stone or Ryan Seabury from Lego Universe, Tom Stone talking about TT Games. And you hear the emotion and the insights and the feelings that are related to it, right? So as Tom Stone's telling us how um, he pitched, you know, Lego Star Wars, the video game, and uh, he wasn't getting far with distribution. He was kind of getting a, a little desperate and saying, like, wait a minute, this is a great idea. Um, why isn't this taking? Um, it's just so fascinating to hear that from a first person voice, uh, including, you know, people like Ryan Seabury or Scott Brown, who are involved with Lego Universe, and just how they felt when certain things happened and that they had, you know, a microphone to really voice those things. I was just um, really delighted about how some of those things really came together magically in a listening experience that I think does something to you when you hear how someone was feeling at the time. I'm all about that because I kind of come from the documentary world, but there's there's just something really nice about that component. And I think those insights sink a little deeper because there's a person behind it who felt a certain way at that time and point when the game kind of came out. So that to me was a huge insight. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important and I think that's sort of a big part of doing the podcast the way we do it these a lot of these stories have been told, or at least some of them have been told. But to hear them directly from the people who were there, I think, is so important because, you know, for history's sake, there's a difference between just you know a story that says Tom Stone put it all on the line when he was trying to get Giant uh, Interactive off the ground and. Boy, was it hard. But then to have him actually say that, and like you said, Ethan, hear the emotion in his voice and him talking about how he got, you know, how he got chills and goosebumps on his neck when he first saw the the, the very first um, working version of the sort of beta or early beta prototype of Lego Star Wars. Like, I think there's a massive difference there. And knowing that, hopefully, that has been captured forever. Yeah, and you can sort of uh, imagine that moment where he looks his wife in the eyes and says, honey, we're going to bet the farm. <laughs> and it, yeah. was, it was literally a farm that they, <laughs> they were working that from. They bet. Uh, the farmhouse. Uh, yeah, very powerful. Do you, uh, I mean, we, I, I'm sure everybody, I'd like to think everybody has favorite episodes. I'd love to hear from different people. Dave, do you have a particular episode or quote or? Sure. I mean, it it's top of mind, I think, in part because, we just finished putting it together, but the the final episode of, of season one about the fabled history sort of ties every theme we've been talking about and every theme in really every episode together. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where there's this willingness for people to be honest, right? This is a podcast that doesn't, well, it doesn't have to be honest, right? It could just be a podcast about how great everything always is, but there are always people showing up and talking about the good things they did, but also the mistakes they made along the way. And 
one of the, I think, the most interesting themes that runs through all of season one in the, in the 25-year history of, of LEGO and, you know, the LEGO group and games is figuring out what works, figuring out the transition, if it really is a transition or if it's just another aspect of how to use the LEGO bricks digitally, right? And, um, you know, there's a lot of honesty when folks who were in charge at points talk about what sort of seems obvious in hindsight but wasn't necessarily at the time. Nanan, I'm curious about which episode you particularly connected with. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite ones are uh, what I called the uh, Lego Universe trilogies. Um, these are three um, constant, three weeks of um, continuous telling the um, um, the creation and uh, up and down from of Lego Universe, one of our greatest MMO game, um, and and with uh, especially with the um, an additional footage and um, the remaster of the soundtrack, and uh, that was really really astonishing. And what I really get an uh, out of from the story, of course, is despite all the great success and failures, despite all this, even after all these years. The people worked on the project. They they really talk about the details and remember this so vividly, and that really showed that um they put great passion and love, and the belief, dedication to the projects they worked on, and I think that is really really touching for me. That's great, awesome. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like the Lego Universe trilogy to me is. Uh, so close, like almost too close to my heart. And some of it has to do with the fact that I did the behind the scenes documentary and I have a lot of material to pull from, but also just kind of how it came together. And there was a, definitely a lot of blood, sweat and tears and having Ronnie involved, who was deeply involved. Uh, that was just, man, that was a monster. I, I know both Brian and I felt really relieved when we were done with them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but it was also very cathartic because it did provide an opportunity to look at something that maybe was hard to look at, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting with Lego Universe, Ronnie was obviously directly involved. He was working on the project. Ethan, you were involved in that. You were creating, I, I think, some, uh, you created some videos and I think a, a sort of a, would you call it a mini documentary? But you, you you were doing a lot of shooting there, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea was to put together a really big documentary at the end, uh, which is kind of what we started with at Bits and Bricks. But um as the project evolved, there was different marketing needs to have various stories told throughout. And so we kind of broke it up. And then obviously, before we were going to be ambitious enough to like tell the full story, I got wind of how the project was probably not going to survive. And so one of the hardest assignments was creating a history piece at the end where it says, hey, we're closing Lego Universe. Can you create a video and kind of make that be okay for everyone. Yikes, yeah. <laughs> Which was a really hard assignment. But I think in the end, it kind of turned out to be like, it's going to be okay messaging to to a lot of the fans. Uh, so, so it turned out to be a really cool video and I'm glad that that happened at the very end. Ronnie, what is your favorite episode? Because I would also venture to say it's probably the Lego Universe ones, but I don't know. You probably, uh, maybe that was too close to comfort, you know? No, it, it was very cleansing and it was amazing to, you know, I we, we've worked on this for a while and uh, I've been in touch with the team all these years since since we split up. We have a Facebook group where we sort of connect on a regular basis. Yeah. So I was just really looking forward to be able to sort of celebrating, 
you know, the things that we did achieve and that we did learn from it. And, and once it was out, everyone just came back and was so appreciative. And like, like, you know, you have this thing that you are you know, working on thinking about for, you know, months. But th this one took a long time, like from the sort of initial inception to actual production, where we sort of, you know, were thinking about it, started a little bit, put it on hold, started a little bit, and then we went all in and, and did the, the trilogy. Uh, but yeah, so the, so the reaction from you know, Scott, Ryan, Peter, you know, lots of other people on the team that uh, were rightfully surprised that you know we celebrated the 10th anniversary of Lego Universe as part of the 25th anniversary of all Lego games. Um, I think the fans as well, just amazing feedback, like just lots of positive feedback and love and interest in you know, things that uh, had not necessarily been as clearly documented in public before. So, yeah. so that is clearly a highlight. But it also, that episode also brought out a number of themes that uh, we have seen across multiple efforts. And so when I think about Scott Brown, I also think about Arthur Parsons when we did the TT episode. Yeah. Uh, those, of course, overlap in terms of time as well. They were kind of happening in parallel. But they both talk about this uh, you know, incredible effort and how hard it is to make games and how you invest yourself and your life and your family for a while to, you know, create this thing that's not physical. It's, it's, it's all imagination in the cloud today. Um, mm -hmm. And once you shut it down, it's gone. Ryan was sort of reflecting on that. But, but it takes, you know, years of your life to actually get it over that threshold and and out in the public. Um, so I, said, I think we've seen that from many of the teams, like the degree of commitment and passion and talent that it takes to pull yeah. something off like an MMO that is ultra complex. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting that LEGO Universe was sort of almost like a summary of a lot of lessons learned in other episodes because it was so big and complex and by itself. Yeah, and you were very ambitious on doing all kinds of things with that release. So it wasn't just, you know, two episodes from the podcast, but you remastered the soundtrack with Richard Decker and Brian Tyler. Then you also re-released and remastered all the videos that I had created, and they were all kind of, you know, launched all at the same time. And there was just this, like, this massive output to remind us again, I think, of LEGO Universe, and rightly so, it being 10 years and 10-year anniversary. But yeah, pretty amazing that you you were that ambitious, Ronnie. <laughs> and the part of that was that we had been very actually good at documenting and preserving a lot of things uh, between you, Ethan, and the LEGO group. We had so much material on LEGO Universe. We even have an internal server that still runs. Uh, so So it's quite well documented compared to, I would say, most other things. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Did I did I just hear you say you have an internal server? Is it is the game still live? I've not played it myself recently, but yeah, I would. I, I assume it's still uh, trackling along. <laughs> what? How how did we not hear that? 
someone's playing it in a basement somewhere. Just yeah. every night when they want to, right? They'll just put on yeah. their slippers, go down. I had play. no idea. I don't. <laughs> how did that not come across when we spent what months researching Lego Universe? <laughs> well, we did. We did cover Dark Flame, and that is kind of like the external, I guess, keeping it yeah. alive. You know, I had no idea. Yeah, they uh, the Dark Flame team knows about this as well, and they're very eager to come visit and have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's cool. So it's like a little microcosm. It's like it's almost as if a planet were dying and you went in and scooped up like a little bit of the planet and a little bit of the wildlife and then put it on your shelf somewhere and kept it alive. We kept all the DNA. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, we can reproduce it at some point in the future. Like we have all the source code and assets and everything like that and and that just made those three episodes easier to produce, I think, because we had written a lot, you know, recorded wow. a lot. We did a project with the National Archive of Electronic Games in Rochester, New York. They helped us, actually. We went through a process with the uh, Danish Royal Library and them to figure out, like, how do we preserve an MMO? Like, there wasn't really any technology or tools or anything that was sort of obvious to do that. Um, so we ended up doing a lot of video recording and that video recording ended up being the base of the music video that we did for the soundtrack. So we, we had all this amazing footage of every part of the game. And of course, uh, Manuel did a more than excellent job in just compiling it all mixed with fan recordings as well and uh, lots of other internal videos that uh, hadn't seen the day of life yet. And we just crammed it all into that one hour music video and so now it's out it's shared and for everyone to enjoy it so I, I no, Lego Universe was a big big effort but uh, totally worth it Ethan what was your favorite episode there there are obviously a lot to choose from but which one did you like the most I would say for me it really was also a little bit Lego Universe but also SBU Darwin and I think that just was really colored for me by the fact that I got to meet Alex and Claude and spend substantial amount of time with them in Switzerland and get to know them really well. Um, just two great guys, very personable and very transparent, very open about that time. And uh, and also my conversation with Julian, I just felt like that was kind of like the first out of the gate enthusiastic, exuberant kind of team that was like, let's do this. Let's bring Lego bricks into the digital space. Um, and and that to me was, was really exciting to meet them. And as we started talking, just that same enthusiasm kind of surfacing. Same with Bjarne when I met with him and he showed me some of his first models he created and actually the model that was responsible for him, uh, you know, being being able to join the Lego group. And uh, man, that, that, I'll tell you what, that was a really, really fun aspect of putting this podcast together. Um, and I'm looking forward to putting a little, little something visually together for that as well. But that to me is one of my favorite episodes just because all those right. people involved and, and how great they were. I, I really enjoyed that one as well um, because it was part of the history that I had not been able to dig into. I, I think I've told you this uh, before, but uh, maybe for our listeners, when I was hired into the Lego group, that was just off the back of shutting down Darwin. And mm -hmm. it was kind of, yeah, don't ask about that. The, mm -hmm. So the attitude was there's not much to learn from there. It was a curse word, right? Uh, it was like, yeah, don't uh, don't go there. We are moving <laughs> forward. 
So, so I, I really enjoyed learning about it. And it's also a little bit like it came full circle because Darwin was the first story that we told in what became the podcast. Like that, that first live event, uh, going back to that, that, that's where we started. And we almost finished the first season with that. So I'm so happy. I love that during our research, when I was calling and conducting all these interviews, the fact that we, you know, I sort of stumbled across this by, and we we included this in the podcast. But you know, I'm talking to somebody about Lego Friends, and she's like, "Wait a minute, yeah, have you heard of yeah. SPU Darwin?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> um, and then going back yeah. and like tracking down all those people and interviewing them uh, for the archives <laughs> was uh, really interesting, and just finding out. All this amazing history. I think we even got a hold of uh, copies of the newsletter and the video. And so there was a lot of stuff that obviously we didn't use in the podcast, but it helped shape the podcast. But you know what? I think this is a great transition to talk about the future because I do think we have one more Darwin episode in the can, which is when we can get a conversation with Dandy. If, if it ever happens. We need to, uh, we need to reopen that uh, that box. So yeah. this is an invitation to Dandy. Please, uh, please reach out. Before we do that, I would say I would like to mention my favorite episode. Please, I think. I mean, I love I love all of them. The ones that I like the most are the ones where I feel like we're revealing something that people have never heard of before or a facet. And I think all of them feature that to some degree. But the ones that really really dug into that. Minecraft uh, was one of them where I think probably nobody realized that for a while Mojang and Notch, the person who created Minecraft in his studio, were working directly with the Lego group to create something that combined Lego bricks with Minecraft. And I think that episode is fascinating on many levels, both the fact that it existed, but also getting insight directly from someone at Mojang about why that sort of fell apart, I think was uh, an interesting sort of cautionary tale. But I think even more interesting to me was our fluid play episode, which may not sound like perhaps the most interesting if you just go by the title. But this was an episode where we not only traced the evolving history of of how the Lego group has spent so much time trying to figure out how physical and digital play can intersect, but also we are able to talk to people about a bunch of different creations, including the KidPad. And the KidPad story, I think, is amazing. And it also includes one of my favorite quotes which involves um, pig's feet. Was yeah. it pig's feet? Pig's it was feet. pig's feet. Yep. Yeah. And like that's such a great anecdote and such a great sort of anecdote for game development about, you know, sometimes you have to kill the pig. So you have yeah. to go back. If you haven't heard this episode, go listen to it because yeah. it's amazing. It has this great little little anecdote about, you know, game development and the fact that sometimes things don't go your way. Yeah, John Sakalovsky was talking to us about that, who was yeah. just really recalling. I love that too, Brian. I love that quote. And um, yeah, if you haven't listened to that, it's a great one. Can I just add another fun moment? And um, so Tara Wyke perfectly reproducing the sound of Chewbacca pulling off uh, minifigures. Oh, yes, arms. gosh. That's she true. was that like was a great. pro Foley artist. So yeah. maybe you can insert that right here, <laughs> Ethan, just as a... I will. I just wanted to keep pulling the arms off of things and playing Chewbacca because you could like... Pop the arms yeah. off, and I just exactly. thought that was hilarious. So, wait, um, did you just make that sound effect that quickly? I did. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. I need you to know. hear that again. Yeah. Like wow. that. <laughs> you know, there That's are certain hilarious. things you need to learn how to do as a toy designer. You you have to prove <laughs> prove a, yourself. 
She had so much energy too, talking about the minifig. It's so funny because that topic uh, just came to life for me too, Brian. I don't know how it was for you, but that also seemed like an episode. It's like, okay, we're going to do a whole episode talking about that. Boy, did that just go by that that yeah. hour of interview with her, and she was just so full of energy. Yeah, it's funny. I think she she is in one of only two episodes where we had just one guest. Um, I think that's right. And the other was uh, about friends and about um, a gendered play, which I think was also really, it was a great topic to discuss and we had a great person on speaking about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's, it's unusual. We don't usually do that. And that says a lot about uh, Tara's ability to um, answer good questions, but also tell some great stories. Yeah. So Dave, you talked about concepts and ideas, but is there an episode that you like that you're like, that's my favorite episode? No, man. It's so hard to choose. Maybe maybe I'm with you, Ethan, with Darwin, in part because selfishly it was the first episode I worked on. But it's so emblematic of what folks in the Lego group do. Yeah. Which is they have these ideas and they try them. And whether, you know, the, unfortunately there's not a super happy ending with SPU Darwin, but it did plant the seeds for what came later, right? The the arc of the season, the arc of the story here is that they knew that there was something valuable, mm-hmm. but part of the story is trying to figure it out over a, a long period of time. And it's not even, I don't know, it's, it's almost like they invented <laughs> some things too early, mm-hmm. except that those things are valuable, right? Um, I, I think the regret there, the, 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 that everybody expressed in the episode is that it, there wasn't an absolutely direct through line to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But it's so neat to be able to look back and to hear from the people who were there who had the right ideas mm-hmm. and, and who were essentially, you know, validated in the end, right? Because that that is the f- the future is neither digital nor physical. It's both. And, and that is part of, mm-hmm, There you go. <laughs> and that's right. That's that's part of what Darwin's story is. How how did we get from there to here? Right. And and the story's not done. It's not written. We're in the middle of it. Yeah. So true. Yeah, that's very cool. Absolutely. Speaking of being in the middle of things, um, I think uh, I think we, we should leave this to Ronnie to announce. There's a little announcement that we can make. I am so happy to announce that we are continuing Bits and Bricks until the end of the year to sort of complete the celebration of the 25th anniversary of uh, the first LEGO video game. So what we agreed as a team is that we're going to continue making content as long as someone is willing to listen and as long as we have stories to tell. And uh, yeah, so we'll be kicking off Season 2 in... A short while? Yeah. And the idea of continuing the podcast, I think, came from all of us realizing towards the end that, man, there's so much more to talk about. I remember creating this this sheet, and Brian did, uh, kind of an overview of everything we haven't talked about. And I think it stretched over like two pages, two and a half pages, just kind of this incredible list of things we haven't covered. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, and and you know there the fans out there, the people who've been listening to the podcast, have been asking for us to to look at different topics. We don't want to make any promises because we're still in the process of de- developing them. But I can say some of the things that we're looking at, and no promise again, but we may do episodes on, include things like rock raiders and like bionicles and uh, loco and racers and 
you know, a lot of the historic stuff that we've heard so many people say they want to hear more about. So we're listening to you and we're hoping to deliver on some of those things. That's right, Brian. And I guess the idea here is that we are going to be doing this kind of seasonal release and kind of ending maybe after the end of this 25-year celebration. Something like that, right, Ronnie? Yeah, before New Year's, uh, we expect to uh, wrap up with a final episode. It better be good. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Okay. No pressure. Yeah, and I I think we're the idea is we'll break it up into seasons. Right now we're thinking it'll be we'll do a season two, three, and four, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of spread them out. But all of that is sort of evolving right now. But stay tuned, and we'll definitely let you know when we're coming back. It, it won't be a long break, but we are going to take a little bit of a break before we uh, get straight into season two. And again, we'll let everybody know when season two is coming. And should we tease a little bit what? the kickoff of season two will be or should we keep that as a surprise I think we should keep it as a surprise for now nice (laughs) yes anticipation (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned and keep on playing I think one thing we should mention is please continue to send your emails to us and we are also looking into perhaps creating a system where people can even leave voicemails for us that we might use in an episode so uh, if that does happen, we'll we'll get the word out uh, and we'll let you know how to do that. Excellent. Well, thank you everybody here on this podcast, uh, Dave and Danan and Ronnie and of course, Ethan. And thank you listeners for spending a little bit of time with us as we talk about and reminisce a little bit about the first season of Bits and Bricks. And please come back yeah. and listen to Bits and Bricks season two and send us your emails and your tweets and your Facebook messages and your TikToks and all the other things I can't think of. <laughs> that would be great. Yes, thanks everyone. And we'll see you season two. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having us. Listen to you soon. Look forward to your TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I want to see Brian's TikToks. They're going to be so annoying. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> should we should we stop recording? Yes, let's stop. Okay. Let's okay. stop. I want to I want Lego TikToks. And now for an extended credit reading. Bits and Bricks is brought to you by Lego Games. Your hosts are Brian Crescente and Ethan Vincent. Executive producer, Ronnie Scher. Producer, Dave Tech. Associate producer, Nanan Lee. Writing, Brian Crescente. Episode editing and sound design, Ethan Vincent. Visual design and graphics, Manuel Lindinger, Andreas Kandel, Milena Nieto, Nanan Lee. Transcription, Patricia Pascal. Audio engineering by Peter Primer, Dan Carlisle. Music by Enric Lindström, Peter Primer, Brian Tyler, and Foundermusic.com. From the Lego.com team, Jakob Bretwit Larsen, Anas Weyen. YouTube and social media within the Lego group, Liam Stevenson, Kev Smith. Communications, media, and public relations, Edgaras Rasinskas, Alice Carter, Sarah Wendt Christiansen, Ryan Greenwood, Giovanna Rossin, Sarah Schofield, Ulle Luntus, and Roa Trangbeck, Mark Hamill, and Tom Glover from Golan. Release Management and Telemetrics, Sherlock Chow, Anas Tankra Holm. From the LEGO Group Archives, Tina Frobert Morgerson. From the LEGO Idea House, Christian Reimer Hage. And finally, a big thank you to Sean McAvoy, the entire LEGO Games team, 
and our families for their undying, invaluable support. And of course, all of our guests from season one. For comments, questions, suggestions, input, and opinions, write us at bitsandbricks@lego.com. That's bits, the letter N, bricks at lego.com. And as always, well, it's time for a little break and to relax, but not too long. So stay tuned for our next season of Bits and Bricks. Very, very, very great experience. First time being on a podcast.